With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hi everybody, this is the Cricket Badger Radio Show Podcast. Each badger marks the track with its own scent. His black legs are short but very powerful for digging. In fact, the name badger probably comes from the French word beche, meaning it's that badger style. Welcome to the second part of our World Cup preview. Myself and Dan Norcross, the BBC TMS commentator, looking ahead to the fantastic tournament on English soil over the next few weeks. In the first part, we looked at Afghanistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh, Pakistan and the West Indies. And in this second part, we look at the rest of the sides in the competition. New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, England and India. Who is going to lift the World Cup 2019? Spoiler alert, we tell you exactly that. Hi, my name is Brian Lara and you're listening to the Cricket Badger podcast. Let's just go back just to recap what we've said. Bangladesh, Afghanistan, Sri Lanka may have a chance at uh, causing an upset, but we're not going to see them going through to the semi-finals. West Indies we like and we like a lot. Pakistan maybe not quite so much. So now getting up to New Zealand, South Africa and Australia. If, it's, if we're saying it's a, a battle of those four teams, West Indies, South Africa, New Zealand and Australia to uh, join India and England in the semi-finals, it's a close battle, isn't it? Because New Zealand are always written off as bridesmaids, but they're a very good side. South Africa have never had a a good World Cup. They've always threatened and then failed at the last uh, hurdle. Um, and Australia reigning champions, but have been through the mill a bit over the last uh, year or so. So it's a, it's a very strange debate. This who we who we see going through. I think this is really what today you're in a realm of what sport is about. Really, it'll be on the day. It'll be the conditions. It'll be how the players play. You're really you you can toss a coin for these four teams. For me, Australia have got to fancy their chances. They've got in the likes of Fred Maxwell, David Warner, Steve Smith, the batsmen that can power them to a decent total. They've got the best on-paper seam bowling attack in the world, albeit that the white ball doesn't necessarily help seam bowlers. It will do early on, but they bowl at 
tremendous pace. I mean, Pat Cummins, Hazelwood, if he's available. Pattinson, if they pick him, they might yet do. You never know. Mitchell Stark, extraordinary. Where I think they're slightly lacking is in the spin department. I'm not sure just Adam's damper is enough. I think in, you look at England, they're going to go in with four seamers, including Ben Stokes and two spinners. And that will be their, their process. And I think they're spot on for doing that. If I look at Australia, I'm not sure that they've got the two spinners for those middle overs. I'm not sure that Zampa's necessarily enough of an ex-factor leggy in English conditions. Uh, You've got Glenn Maxwell, who, who really rolls his arm over rather than... He's, he's a stunner. And, yeah, and you've got really Nathan, Nathan Lyon in there. But I, was look, I was looking at Nathan Lyon's test stats. are fantastic. But if you look at his ODI stats, he's, he's not played that many. He's not been a, a major factor no. in Australia's thinking in one-day cricket. Well, no. And I mean, it's kind of abysmal because he bowls a different type. He bowls an attacking length in test cricket. And the attacking length in test cricket is a bit like a Yazir Shah. You know, Yazir Shah, absolutely fantastic test bowler. Uh, helpless, I think, with a wide ball. I think... Nathan Lyon, what was the game that he smashed the wall parts in a white ball warm-up when in the Mountain Australia? I don't see their spin department really doing what will need to be done. So in those terms, I think Australia are going to struggle. I think they'll concede quite a few runs because of that. And I think that their pace men are going to be slightly negated by the fact that the ball doesn't do anything after five overs from each end, so about ten overs. That said, it's a bit like the Germans. You're right off, you're right off Australia at your peril. And they beat Pakistan in that five-match series. But we're seeing a Pakistan side here where England are sauntering to 300. 160 without even breaking sweat. So they're, they're missing Mohammed Abbas, aren't they, Pakistan? He was the world number one bowler at one stage, wasn't he? And, and Mohammed Amir as well, you know. I mean, I think they're missing yeah. him as well. I think Shaheen Afridi is a really promising bowler, but I don't think he's up to the 19 in a World Cup. In yeah, four years' absolutely. time, Shaheen Afridi will be a real player, but he's, he's just absolutely. a young um, up-and-comer now at the moment, isn't he? He, he needs. I he reminds me of. Yeah. You look back at the Pakistan great side of old, and I remember when Imran Khan was bowling, and a young Wazim Akram was coming into the side, and he had had the experience mm. around him to guide him through it. Shaheen Afridi is almost like the spearhead. He hasn't got anybody to look to. Exactly, and that's sort of why. That's why I've written Pakistan off. I have to say, it's against my better judgment because two years ago they surprised us all, but they were different circumstances and they were different kind of pitches and so forth. But I think Australia may struggle from a, a related problem which is they're going to rely very heavily for real firepower on Warner and Maxwell. And the thing about batsmen is that they don't come off every game. England's asset is that they, they bat down to eight and then some. Nine, ten, eleven yeah. are pretty handy as well. So they can sort of think that, well, if Bairstow doesn't do it, Roy doesn't do it, then Morgan can and Root can and, and, and so on, and Butler and Stokes and Moeen Ali and so forth. Whereas I don't think Australia quite have that depth. So over the course of a long tournament, oh, I'm, I'm kind of thinking that they're not quite going to make it. I'm, I'm mad as it may sound, I, I think that the West Indies' freedom and total lack of fear and lack of expectation would put them above the Australians, in, in my view. Then, then you get down to New Zealand and South Africa for me. You, you, made, you made the comparison between Australia and Germany. Um, I was thinking exactly the same thing the other day. And then I thought, well, in the last World Cup, Germany failed to qualify. So potentially Australia exactly. could follow suit. Um, New Zealand, you, you can come on to them. I mean, 
Kane Williamson's a player I've got a huge amount of respect for. We've got Trent Bolt in the same department, Colin de Grantown, Lockie Ferguson's a, a speedster, and Colin Monroe can hit the ball a mile. Santner's a very good spinner as well, and so's um, Ish Soddy um, in one-day cricket, Ross Taylor as well. They are basically a very similar New Zealand to how they were four years ago, but without Brendan McCullum, which is a big miss, isn't it? It is a big miss. It, it, it is, and uh, and that's why I'm slightly hesitant about them. But by the same token, I think they have the same kind of situation that the West Indies have, which is that they have a, a massive lack of expectation. They play with tremendous freedom, and they're hugely underrated. They've got two really handy spinners, and I think that that's going to be really important in this World Cup. It's not so much how far you spin the ball. It's just taking pace off the ball, having different variations, beating up the play, you know, getting through a few overs really quickly. I think they'll do that really well, and they've got some real power hitters in their lineup. Taylor being an obvious one, all held together with the glue of, of Williamson, because you can imagine Williamson playing a kind of root role, but in spades yeah. for New Zealand, and just sort of running the ship and ensuring that they get to 330, I think their bowling attack is better than most. I mean, I would put their bowling attack above, well, certainly in the top four, certainly in the top four bowling attacks. I mean, I'd say it's a probably all-round better bowling attack than England have. So they probably won't need to defend quite as high scores as England do, which takes a little bit of pressure off their batting. I, I've got a lot of time for them, and then I'm, and then I'm struggling with South Africa. Yeah, I'm looking at South Africa's squad in front of me here. One of the worries for me would be Kahisa Rabada, because he left the IPL early, and apparently he's going to be another two or three weeks yet before he's playing again. And he is crucial to them, because Del Stain is always injury-prone, not getting any younger, despite being a fantastic bowler. We're talking about spinners. Imran Tahir, he's an exceptional player. And when you've got a team which has got Pafta Plessy, Quinton de Kock and Hashim Amla towards the top of the order with David Miller providing a bit of firepower at sort of number five or six, that's not too bad, is it? It's not bad. Um, it really isn't. I just, I'm just not, con- I mean, well, I don't know why, I'm just not convinced by them. Are you? No. I sort of feel that it's, it's a, they're going to be the ones to miss out. I don't know why, I can't quite put my finger on it. Consistency, it's about depth of firepower, it's about the speed at which you get, you take five South African wickets, six South African wickets, and you just kind of feel that the wheels are going to fall off. There's a little bit of history well, with South Africa in terms of, you, know, you feel that if they're going to miss out, they're going to finish fifth on net run rate after failing to convert a two into a three on the final ball or something, aren't they? Yeah, and we shouldn't, because of course history is meaningless, but at the same time it isn't for the players, is it? Because it, they come with a certain baggage. The listeners to the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast have gone up by 580% in the last 12 months. Thank you so much for all of your support for the Cricket Badger Radio Show podcast. And if you want to advertise on the show, well, of course you can. You're more than welcome to play your part as the podcast goes from strength to strength. We get in front of a lot of people out there. It's a real opportunity for you to put your business in front of the cricket world. Get in touch with us, Cricket Badger at hotmail.com become part of the Cricket Badger family is this madness am I about to pick the West Indies and New Zealand to go through with England and India I was about to put exactly that question to you Dan I was about about to ask you the question if we agreed that England and India are in the semi-finals are we taking New Zealand and West Indies to join them? You know, in a mad kind of way, I, th- I sort of think that I am. And, and that might be just because I'm looking at it romantically and I'm seeing the, the individual power of the players. And, but, but I think there's also something else going on there. I think, I think the baggage that you talk about is important. I think it's hard 
for players that come from South Africa or Australia uh, to be entirely free when they play in difficult situations because of the expectations that surround them in a way that I think the West Indies and New Zealand don't have that. The thing with South Africa is that every interview they do in the run-up to this World Cup, somebody's going to mention teams of old just failing at the last hurdle. Yeah, that, that yeah. Um, baggage, it's not in that current squad, but it's, it's right around them and, and everywhere they turn, isn't it? Well, it is, yes. It is. And, and also because when they turn up, there's an expectation because they're a, they're a stronger cricketing nation. You know, they're a better test match nation. And sometimes these things confuse us a little bit because we see how people perform in red ball cricket. And we, and that's sort of how you gauge a country and its progress. Whereas the reality is that when you come into white ball cricket, you, you're looking at very, very different things. You're looking at the depth of batting, the explosiveness of batting. I mean, that's why we've discarded Pakistan, really, because we can't see them scoring 340, 350 regularly, except in very favourable circumstances. Whereas you sort of can see that happening with the West Indies, and you can see it happening with New Zealand. Can you see that happening with South Africa? I'm not so sure. You know, without A.B. de Villiers, they feel they feel like they're, they're, they're missing. He's a huge person. And also, Am Look, great player though he is, is he really playing 2019 ODI cricket or is he sort of playing 2016, 17 ODI cricket? Well, I'd put Amla in the same bracket as, as Root and Williamson in that they are more classical players who are probably going to go along more at a run of run a ball but if the rate is required is any higher than that might struggle well indeed and that's where you you really need Miller to come off and Miller's extraordinarily hit and miss I mean it, it, it's not it, it, it doesn't look anything like the England lineup of uh, you, you know Noe and Ali coming in at at seven, where he seldom fails for England and has a strike rate of over 100. But he's usually coming in with lots of runs on the board. Is Miller going to be the man to, to sort you out of that situation? Their tail feels quite quite long as well. If you can ask the question, who would you prefer to bat for your life needing 10 and over off the last eight? And you have the selection of Joss Butler, Moen Ali or David Miller. I think most people would pick one of the first two for them because Miller... He's well, very capable yeah. of doing exactly what Butler can do, but it's more 1 in 10 rather than 8 in 10. Well, that's exactly it. Uh, that's, that's exactly the issue. For all of our Indian listeners, and there are quite a considerable number these days, we have failed to mention their side yet. And I was going to lead into this by saying I, I'm a massive fan of the IPL. I've been watching it a lot over the last few weeks. Rishabh Pant is incredible. Um, Surya Kumar Yadav didn't have the best of IPLs, but he's, a, he's an awesome player, neither of which were deemed good enough to actually make the Indian team to come to England. They've picked Dinesh Kartik instead of Rishabh Pant, but they've got a very strong squad. How much do we read into the fact that a year ago England played India in ODIs in this country and beat them quite easily? Uh, well, we, we mustn't. I mean, I think what we, we can tell from that series is that England on their own patch are good in a five-match series and are, are always going to be favourites because they're currently the best ODI side that England has, has had in its history. So it's always going to be tricky if you play England five times to, to win it. What you would say, though, is that India is the strongest cricketing nation in the world, bar none. So they ought to come to every tournament as favourites. They really ought. You know, they, they've worked out how to get the best out of their giant talent pool. The IPL has helped them identify some truly extraordinary players. They're led by a brilliant, you know, the, the Bradman of his day, Coley. It's just ludicrous what he's managed to do in ODI. But at the top of the order with Rohit Sharma and Shikhar Darwin, they've got a, an opening partnership that bears comparison with Bairstow and Roy. I mean, Bairstow and Roy 
toward a faster rate, but uh, they, do, they do at the moment, whether they will over the tournament remains to be seen. My concern with India is the concern that India have with India, which is they sort of force to start their tail a little bit earlier than they want to. 8, 9, 10, 11 are a bit of a problem. As you look at Chris Wokes has over a 1,000 runs, a start rate of over 100, will probably be batting at 8 for England. After that, there might be Archer, Plunkett and Adil Rashid. It's utterly ludicrous. India don't quite have that. And as a result, their middle order tends to bat with a little bit more caution than England's does in that situation. And that slightly depresses their scores a bit. There's going to be an awful lot of time spent looking at Dhoni because if, if Richard Pant isn't playing and he's not playing because Dhoni is playing, that's quite a big call, isn't it? Yeah, they, they picked Dhoni, obviously, as, the, as their first choice. And then Dinesh Kartik was preferred as the second choice keeper um, because of his experience of big match situations over Rishabh Pant, who, has, over the last two years in the IPL, in front of massive crowds, scored huge amounts of runs, which doesn't make sense to me. It makes no sense to me, really, either. But the thing is, what's your 11 going to be? It's all very well I was talking about. Maybe Pant should be in the squad. But if uh, Pant should be in the team, as far as I'm concerned... I mean, yeah. he absolutely has to be. Pant has to be in the team. Hardik Pandya has to be in the team. The way ODI cricket is working right now, you have to have people who are just going to keep on powering it all the way down that order. And I'm not sure that India have quite got with the programme. I, I say that hesitantly because I think they're, they're an absolutely terrific team filled with some of the finest talents the world's going to see in ODI cricket. I think England would take punt somehow. Yeah. They'd find a way of getting him in their side. And they've got an extraordinary lineup. I think Hardik Pandya would give Ben Stokes a run for his money at the moment. The way both I'm players are playing. Yeah. Well, Hardik Pandya uh, was second behind Andre Russell in terms of his power hitting in the IPL. He was yeah. he was incredible, and he also provides a threat with the ball. And when you've got um, Pudishwak Kumar. Jasprit Bumrah leading his seam attack. That isn't too shabby, yeah. is it? They've got a very nice uh, bowling attack there. And well, you're right. I mean, the only, the only... it's going to be the bowl of the tournament. Now, Jasprit Bumrah yeah. is is the best. The best. I mean, he could be the best overall bowler in the world. At the most. I'm not sure. You know, across format, but certainly, I think he's going to be the guy that is going to blow our minds in this World Cup. He is an extraordinary bowler. He's, he's so accurate. Big. I mean, we, we, were, we were talking yeah. about how hard it is to hit that Yorker on the on the dot there. I would I would say that he could probably hit it nine times out of ten and then the next ball is a bouncer that is kind of swinging into the nose he just knows exactly what he's doing with that ball he's, he's, he's a remarkable bowler Bumrah and I think you know I'd, I'd be I'd be very very surprised if he, if he doesn't end up you know with an economy rate of five or below throughout this tournament he's going to be really hard to get away um, the thing with that Dan is in, in the IPL he had an economy rate of six in T20 cricket purely because opposition batting attacks decided to play him out and concentrate their attack on the rest because they knew that if they tried to attack him they'd lose their wickets yeah well you would do I mean that's entirely the right thing to do and I think teams playing against India probably will will be careful about how they see out Bumrah. They've got 40 overs at the other end. No disrespect to any of the other bowlers, but, you know, if you, if you see off Bumrah 1 to 42, you're not doing badly. You can still get 350 off the back of yeah. that. Um, and he's that good. He's that good a bowler that I think that's what teams will do. Uh, and he's partly also the reason why I think that India will get to the semi-finals without any trouble at all, because he's going to take wickets when sides need to score runs. And when you're chasing bigger totals, the 350s, 360s, in a strange kind of way, it actually makes your wicket-taking bowler that much more powerful. When if, if you're 
the target was 250, your wicket taking bowler could take a wicket or two and the side could regroup. It gets harder and harder to regroup if you, you need to score at 8, 9, 10 and over towards the back end. So if you've got a really strong wicket taking bowler who can do that at those moments, and that's when the game changing moments happen in the last 10, 15 overs as a side moving towards you know, uh, the total. I think that all these are caveats about a very, very, very good team. India. I mean, I, I still think that India have every right actually to be joint favourites with England. I don't. I'm not sure that you can really put a, a cigarette paper between the two sides. They've had so much experience of playing in high-pressure situations. They've played IPL. You've only got to see the way Johnny Bairstow has played since he's come back from the IPL to see what a difference playing in the IPL makes players. And India have got a team that's full of players played in the IPL. So. Yeah. In a way, you know, they are, you, you can make a good case in being favourites despite the fact that England are nominally ICC number one. Are you looking for a book to buy? Following on in the footsteps of Cricketing Fathers by James Butler, rated five stars on Amazon. Ever wondered what it was like to be the son of a famous father? Would you live in his shadow or find the skill and strength to create your own limelight? Following on explores the multi-generational nature of cricket and examines the father and son relationships in sport. How does the weight of expectation, advantage or pressure to succeed influence a young cricketer's progress as they follow in the footsteps of a successful father? Do cricketing sons have a head start in their genes? Is there a gene for elite cricket performance? Following on is based on exclusive interviews with Liam Botham, Alan Ian and Mark Butcher, Nick Compton, Chris Graham and Fabian Cowdery, Simon Dennis, Brett Dolivera, Alan and Mark Elam, Dale Hadley, Dean Headley, Simon Jones, Jake Lehman, David and Graham Lloyd, Martin Moxon, Arnie and Ryan Sidebottom, Alex Stewart and Tim and Chris Tremlett. The issues are developed and discussed with the words of the players themselves and also sports psychologists and experts in genomics. James Butler takes us on a journey of discovery, asking the questions and examining the responses while making comparisons with other sports and the worlds of entertainment and business. For any cricket lover, available on Amazon and in all good bookshops, published by Great Northern Books. Following on in the footsteps of Cricketing Fathers. We've picked our final four, New Zealand and West Indies joining England and India in that semi-final lineup. Do we think that this will be the final that everybody's expecting England against India? It has to be, doesn't it? If, if we're making our predictions on form and on paper, it has to be England-India, mm-hmm. doesn't it? On form and on paper, yes, but it never happens that way. No. Something <laughs> will happen. Every World Cup, something happens. West Indies could win a semi-final. West Indies could beat England in the semi-final. They've beaten them twice in, in four matches and the West Indies, they've got no fear of playing England. New Zealand, as we know, in the last World Cup, can beat anyone. Their semi-final win against South Africa, no one really expected that to happen, but they did. Something will happen that we're not expecting. It could be an England-West Indies final, it could be an Indian-New Zealand final, it could be any combination of those four. Once you get to a knockout game, you really are artists to fortune because you're, you're dealing with teams who are all really, really good. It's as simple as that. This is the worry with England, isn't it? If, you know, we're harking back to the Champions Trophy two years ago, played really nice cricket, met Pakistan... Yeah. 
on a difficult surface and went out in the semi-final stage, and that's the worry with England, isn't it? Well, there's that. There's also, there's also the fact that you've got two teams of 11 players who are very good, and on any given day, they've all they've all beaten each other. I mean, there's nobody out there who's who's won every game they've played in. So, you know, you, you just don't know. The, the, the two best teams in the world at the moment are England and India. It's as simple as that. Doesn't mean they'll play each other in the final. England have an advantage and a disadvantage. They have the advantage of playing over. They have the massive disadvantage that they know England never won a World Cup and they know that this is their moment and this is their summer. So the pressure is enormous. But they're captained by a man who is so cool, he's so calm in these circumstances. I think he'll take England as far as they can go. But at the end of the day, he's still a hostage to save fortune as every other captain, which is how well do your players play on the day, under the circumstances. It's going to be so exciting. I mean, we've got basically 45 days of continuous World Cup cricket to watch. And I think there'll be very few dead rubbers. And I think the way the ICC have organised the games means that we're going to be speculating and wondering about who's going to qualify all the way through to uh, the very last group stage matches. And as long as the weather holds, it could be really one of the best tournaments that uh, cricket's ever seen. I'm going to ask you three questions now, Dan, to finish this off. Give me your top batsman for the tournament. Who's going to score the most runs? In a 50-over format, you go with a pedigree horse, I think, a little bit more, don't you? And it's got to be no, Kohli, hasn't say, it? He's... Well, I was going to say Rohit Sharma, just simply because he gets over the batting, so I think he's got more overs. But, but yeah, I, I've got to go with I've got to go with Kohli. Well, you, you go Kohli. I'm going to go with Johnny Bairstow. Um, okay. Bowling. Who's going to take the most wickets? Um, I think Rashid Khan's going to take the most wickets because, well, I don't know. Now I say that, anybody playing against Afghanistan ought to know that they should just play out his 10 overs. Then <laughs> <laughs> the job's a good one, isn't it? You can go for a, a team lower down in this, can't you? Because they're all going to yeah, play, well, play nine matches. apart from the semi finals and finals, they're all going to play the same amount of games. Yeah. Um, that said, I don't, it, 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 it's oh, Adil Rashid or Rashid Khan. Who do I go with? I'm going to go with Rashid Khan because I think it'll be fun. Well, you mentioned the one I'm going to go with. My mate from Yorkshire, Adil Rashid, going to be the star of the summer. <coughs> and finally, the say, obvious are, are you only Are you only picking Yorkshire players? <laughs> obviously, obviously, it's the only way to be. Um, you can't pick Surrey men like you do, usually. Um, Richard Lum. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jim Love. Picked, take yeah. Oh, Jim Love was a fine player. Final question, Dan, and it's the obvious question. It could be one word or it could be two words if you go in New Zealand or Sri Lanka. Which captain's going to lift this trophy? Which team's going to win it? Virat Kohli, India. Oh, you're a bad man. Owen Morgan, England. <laughs> I'm on the side of truth and justice here. I just can't <laughs> yeah. believe it. I refuse, I refuse to allow myself to believe it because it would just be the loveliest experience of all time for me if I found myself at Lords watching England win the World Cup, it would be genuinely lovely. I know some of the players, I've watched them a lot over the last few years and I want them to win for them and, and I'll be delighted for them. But I'm not prepared to allow myself to have a dream <laughs> that good. It can't happen. Life, life is awful. Look at Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> you, start, you started off saying you've followed the joys of spring and you finished on a low. If I was going to pick a Yorkshireman to, to lift the trophy, I should have gone for New Zealand to became Williamson, shouldn't I? Because he was, he was pretty much a Yorkie. But uh, no, I'm going, to go with, uh, I'm going to go with England to win it. I think it's going to be a, a summer of dreams being fulfilled. You're behind the mic with TMS all the way through it? I am, yes. I've, I'm very, I've got a very fortunate. I've got a lot of matches involving Pakistan, Afghanistan, Sri Lanka, Bangladesh. I've got a lot of those games, which means that 
I can watch, I can watch those matches and get to see them in close. Really, you know, enormously good fun matches that I otherwise wouldn't have probably got to see. Then I get to uh, watch the likes of England, Australia, and India for the most part. I've got a few of them, but most of them I'll be watching from a distance on Italian listening on the radio. So I will be immersed in the whole tournament. I've got about 16 matches to commentate on. I'll fly around the country, and it's going to be well. It's just going to be joyous and heavenly as long as the weather holds, which is my biggest fear. As Jason Gillespie always used to say to me when he was Yorkshire coach and I was interviewing him on day two that had just been abandoned as a county game, there's nothing you can do about when well, that was nearly South African. I was going to try and do an Australian accent, but I just didn't English. There's nothing you can do about the weather, James, he used to say, and that uh, is right. We just got to concentrate on the cricket. It's going to be, as you say, heavenly, glorious, sublime. It's a summer to die for. Cricket badges everywhere are just going to be in their elements. Thank you very much, Dan Norcos, for joining me. A total pleasure. Thanks again. It's that badger style. Thanks to Dan for his time in joining me on the World Cup preview. What a competition to look forward to starting on the 30th of May when England, the favourites for the competition, never won it before. Can they do it on home soil? They take on South Africa. We've got the world's best players, the world's best teams right on our doorstep competing for the biggest prize in cricket. Goes without saying, until I see you again, enjoy your cricket badges. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.